You are listening to TGTM News number 90, recorded for Sunday, March 10th, 2013. You are listening to the tech-only Hacker Public Radio edition. To get the full podcast, including political commentary and other controversial topics, please visit www.talkgeektome.us. Here are the vital statistics for this program. Your feedback matters to me. Please send your comments to dg at deepgeek.us. The webpage for this program is at www.talkgeektome.us. You can subscribe to me on Identica as the username DeepGeek, or you could follow me on Twitter. My username there is DGTGTM, as in DeepGeek. Talk geek to me. This is Dan Washko, and now the Tech Roundup. From TornFreak.com by Andy, dated March 1st, 2013. U.S. government wins appeal in Kim.com extradition battle. Kim.com and his associates have lost a key battle in their extradition fight against the United States. On two earlier occasions, including once in the high court, Dotcom's legal team successfully argued they were entitled to examine mountains of evidence held by the U.S. authorities but those rulings were overturned this morning when the Court of Appeal said that the United States would be allowed to present a summary case after all. Dotcom says he'll take an appeal to the Supreme Court. After Kim.com and his associates were arrested in New Zealand in January 2012, it became clear that the United States government would seek their extradition on copyright, racketeering, money laundering, and other charges. In May 2012, the dot-com defense received a boost when Judge Harvey in the North Shore District Court disagreed with the prosecution and ordered disclosure of all documents relating to the alleged crimes of the so-called mega-conspiracy. In the High Court in August 2012, Justice Helen Winkleman dismissed the application for a judicial review and upheld the earlier decision handed down in the North Shore District Court. Kim.com and his co-accused Matthias Ortman, Finn Batato, and Bram von der Kolk were to be given access to the documents in order to mount a full and proper defense. But refusing to give in, the U.S. hit back again, launching an appeal against the ruling in hope of a different outcome. Today, a New Zealand appeals court handed down its ruling, and it represents a huge setback for .com and friends. Overturning Justice Winkleman's ruling on disclosure, the Court of Appeals said that an extradition hearing is not a trial in which innocence or guilty is determined. Therefore, the procedures appropriate in such a trial were not applicable in this case, since extradition treaties effectively amount to understandings between governments to ensure those suspected of crimes are brought to account, all the U.S. has to do is prove to the court that .com and his associates have a prima facie case to answer. As per the High Court's disclosure ruling, .com's legal team had hoped to obtain mass information from the FBI, including records relating to the covert operations carried out, those that detailed the evidence and complaints put forward to authorities by copyright holders, plus records that show communications between copyright holders and mega-upload, including discussions and agreements on takedown notices. But following today's ruling, the U.S. government will be allowed to submit its case for extradition in summary format, not the high level of detail demanded by .com's legal team. This morning, Kim.com said that the show is not over yet and will go to the highest court in the land. If the Supreme Court accepts the case and .com wins, the evidence disclosed would be hugely helpful in his ongoing legal battles. However, even in defeat, the possibility remains that an extradition judge could demand to see more evidence from the United States. 
If that information was not forthcoming, the judge could refuse to extradite. The extradition hearing is expected to go ahead in August this year, but the date could be further delayed if the Supreme Court takes up the case. Warning, this article contains some foul language and may not be work safe. From TornFreak.com by Ernesto, dated March 4, 2013, the Pirate Bay moves to North Korea. The Pirate Bay says it has been offered virtual asylum in North Korea. The move comes after the Norwegian Pirate Party was forced to stop routing traffic for the infamous BitTorrent site by a local copyright group. Quote, we can reveal that we have been invited by the leader of the Republic of Korea to fight our battles from their network, the Pirate Bay says. A trace route indeed suggests that the Pirate Bay is now being routed through the dictatorial country. Last week, the Swedish Pirate Party was forced to shut down its routing services to the Pirate Bay. The party and its leaders took this difficult decision after they were threatened with a lawsuit by local anti-piracy group. Luckily for the Pirate Bay, the Pirate Parties of Norway and Catalonia were willing to take over the role. However, after just a few days, the Norwegians had to shut down their Pirate Bay note as well, facing similar threats as their Swedish comrades. Quote, We've been in talks with them for about two weeks since they opened access to foreigners to use 3G in their country, a Pirate Bay insider told us. TPB has been invited just like Eric Schmidt and Dennis Rodman. We've declined up till now. While the Pirate Bay may not visit North Korea, they announced that they are using the country's network to connect the BitTorrent site to the rest of the world. This is truly an ironic situation. We have been fighting for a free world, and our opponents are mostly huge corporations from the United States of America, a place where freedom and freedom of speech is said to be held high. Quote, at the same time, companies from their country are chasing a competitor from other countries, bribing police and lawmakers, threatening political parties, and physically hunting people from our crew. And to our help comes a government famous in our part of the world for locking people up for their thoughts and forbidding access to the information they add. Well, it turns out that this was actually a hoax, because there's an update from their Facebook page. The Pirate Bay admits on Facebook, as expected, that it was a hack for the lulls. Quote, we hope that yesterday's little hack proved that we know the Internet better than our enemies, since about 40% of the entire Internet's traffic consists of torrent enabled by us. You can almost say that we are the Internets. Fuck with the Internets and we'll ridicule you until you beg for mercy. Quote, we've hopefully made clear once again that we don't run TPB to make money. A profit-hungry idiot doesn't tell the world that we have partnered with the most hated dictatorialship in the world. We can play that stunt, though, because we're still only in it for the fucking lulls, and it doesn't matter to us if thousands of users disband the ship. We've also learned that many of you need to be more critical, even towards us. You can't seriously cheer the fact that we moved our servers to bloody North Korea. Applauds to you who told us to fuck off. Always stay critical towards everyone. Update. The Norwegian Pirate Party told Torrent Freak that they never routed any traffic. They just put their name on the node. The telecom company, Avelo, pulled the plug allegedly after being contacted by copyright holders. From allgov.com by Noel Brinkerhoff. Dated March 5, 2013. Next up for Big Brother, recording and transcribing public conversations. Matt Lease, a computer scientist at the University of Texas, is working on ways to literally record all human conversations, no matter where they take place. But his research is being funded by the Department of Defense, raising the question of how such a technology might be used in the hands of the government. Lisa's plan is to utilize crowdsourcing, voice recognition software, and everyday devices like smartphones to gather human speech, whether in a business meeting or on the street, 
and store it somewhere so people could access what they said any time. He told Wired's Danger Room that he saw the work as both a, quote, need and opportunity to really make conversational speech more accessible, more part of our permanent record instead of being so ephemeral, and really trying to imagine what this world would look like if we really could capture all these conversations and make use of them effectively going forward, end quote. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, liked Lisa's idea so much it gave him a $300,000 grant to support his efforts. If successful, this new system could raise, quote, some thorny legal and social questions about privacy, quote, wrote Robert Beckhusen at Wired. One example cited by Lease involves, quote, respecting the privacy rights of multiple people involved, end quote, and how to gain permission of everyone talking before capturing and storing conversation. In the hands of spy agencies, this is not expected to be an issue. To learn more, head on over to the article link mentioned in the show notes and check out some of the uh, information like DARPA wants you to transcribe and instantly recall all your conversations by Robert Beckhusen of Wired, crowdsourcing document revelance assessment with Mechanical Turk by Catherine Grady and Matthew Lease, and public buses in many U.S. cities will soon be monitoring private conversations for the government by Noel Brinkenhoff of allgov.com. From EFF.org, dated March 4, 2013, by Mitch Stoltz and Parker Higgins. White House supports unlocking phones, but the real problems runs deeper. The White House has come out today in support of legalizing the unlocking of cell phones for use on different carriers, saying it makes common sense that all consumers deserve that flexibility. The statement came as a response to a recent petition that received over 114,000 signatures. Why were people concerned about cell phone unlocking? Unlocking a phone for use on a different carrier may run afoul of Section 1201 of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which prohibits the so-called circumvention of technical locks on copyrighted works. In a nod to the unworkability of such a ban, the law outlines a process for the Librarian of Congress to establish some exemptions every three years. In 2006 and 2010, the Librarian approved the exemption targeted at cell phone unlocking, but opted not to in the 2012 process. That doesn't necessarily make unlocking illegal, but it does strip it of its explicit legal protection it had before. Today's White House statement acknowledges two important points about the Controversial Act anti-circumvention provision. That it has gotten in the way of innovation and competition, and that its rigid rulemaking procedures are an imperfect fit for some issues specifically technical ones. That sentiment was echoed in the Library of Congress statement also issued today. The rulemaking process quote, was not intended to be a substitute for deliberations of broader public policy, end quote. The White House is correct. The failure to protect phone unlockers from legal threats was misguided. But the more important problem is that the DMCA puts an unelected official in charge of regulating personal devices in the first place. Today, the outrage is about phones with carrier locks. But what really rubs against the grain of common sense is the premise set forth in DMCA's Section 1201 that the Librarian of Congress should have an, to temporarily whitelist certain uses every three years. We're glad that the White House recognized that if you buy a device, you own it, and you should be able to use it as you choose. Your rights to reuse, resell, or give away devices are especially important, and the Obama administration gets this. As the administration's telecommunications agency pointed out last year, digital locks backed by the legal threats aren't just used to police copyrights, they're used to block competition. Of course, the DMCA doesn't apply to only mobile phones and unlocking. It also gets in the way of jailbreaking tablets, game consoles, and other personal devices. 
It's used to threaten academics and tinkerers, to block publication of research on computer security, and to cover up embarrassing failures of DRM. It's still potentially illegal to watch subscription video services or Blu-ray discs on the devices and operating systems of our choice. And even where EFF and others have convinced the Library of Congress to create temporary exemptions to the DMCA for things like phone jailbreaking, DVD decryption, and read-aloud functions for e-books, creating and selling the tools to do these things is still illegal under the DMCA. Now that the Obama administration has recognized the problem, we hope they will commit to fixing it, and not just for phone users. From EFF.org, dated March 1, 2013, by Dan Arbach. Firefox's new smarter cookie policy is a privacy win for users. Mozilla recently announced a change to its default cookie policy for Firefox that will help protect users against unwanted tracking by invisible third parties. In short, a user will have to intentionally interact with a site in order for the site to be able to set a tiny snippet of data used for identification purposes known as a cookie on the user's machine. This change, currently available to users running the nightly test build of Firefox, will bring Firefox in line with its competitor Safari, which had had a similar policy in place for a decade. It is far from a silver bullet against tracking, as there are several other methods to track users, and this will not block cookies that currently exist in a user's browser. In other words, users must clear their cookies for the new policy to be effective. But instead of just clearing your cookies, for users interested in taking five minutes to drastically enhance their privacy, check out our tips for comprehensive tracking protection customizations to your browser. Now, uh, head over to the article in the link in the show notes for those tips. This move by Mozilla signals that the organization is willing to provide users with much-needed technical countermeasures for tracking. Instead of relying solely on the currently stalled development of the W3C Do Not Track standard that appears increasingly unlikely to yield results. The patch is a careful step towards protecting users against increasingly pervasive tracking by disallowing third parties to set cookies. It will be harder for third-party advertisers, data brokers, and other invisible trackers to build a dossier of all the websites that a user visits over many years. This new cookie policy is in no way a hack or gaming of how technology is supposed to work, but rather behavior all but encouraged under the recent IETF technical specification on cookies. Enhancing user privacy without disrupting user experience may seem like a completely obvious measure to take, but advertisers and other firms have a vested interest in tracking users to serve users with behaviorally targeted advertisements. Since this industry has a lot of influence and money, it is hard to make even the smallest change to the status quo, despite the fact that behaviorally targeted advertising represents only a small fraction of advertising-based business models and countermeasures like these will not hurt ad-supported publishers. Mozilla should be praised for standing up for its users in spite of powerful interests poised to attack these sensible tracking countermeasures. However, it is important to keep in mind that this cookie policy change represents low-hanging fruit, where privacy and, uh, can be better protected without any requirement for publishers to change how their websites operate. There may be harder battles for Mozilla to fight in the future to protect users from tracking that do not require changes to websites or broader changes to the online monetization ecosystem. We look forward to helping Firefox make bigger strides towards offering the en and enabling countermeasures against tracking and creating tools for users that push the ecosystem in a positive direction that better protects users. Other headlines in the news? To read these stories, follow the links in the show notes. Drone Nightmare Scenario now has a name, Argus. 
This is an analysis by the ACLU of a new digital video recording technology that is equivalent to the surveillance power of up to 100 Reaper drones. Staffed and produced by TGTM News Team, editorial selection by Deep Geek, views of the story authors reflect their own opinions and not necessarily those of TGTM News. News from TechDirt.com, TheStand.org, Maggie McNeil, WordPress.com, and AllGov.com used under arranged permission. News from EFF.org and TornFreak.com used under permission of the Creative Commons by Attribution License. News from DemocracyNow.org and PeoplesWorld.org used under permission of the Creative Commons by Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. News sources retain their respective copyrights. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk Geek to Me. Here are the vital statistics for this program. Your feedback matters to me. Please send your comments to dg at deepgeek.us. The webpage for this program is at www.talkgeektome.us. You can subscribe to me on Identica as the username DeepGeek, or you could follow me on Twitter. My username there is dgtgtm, as in DeepGeek. Talk Geek to Me. This episode of Talk Geek to Me is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 Unpoured License. This license allows commercial reuse of the work as well as allowing you to modify the work so long as you share alike the same rights you have received under this license. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk Geek to Me. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.